You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From Seaver Way, in what everyone always thinks is flushing, but is really Corona, it's the Mets 2021 Award Show. The Mets 2021 Award Show is brought to you by Rheingold Beer. My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. Think of Rheingold whenever you buy beer. It's not bitter, not sweet. It's the dry-flavored treat. By Manufacturers Hanover, the financial source worldwide, and by the Bell Atlantic Yellow Pages, published by New Jersey Bell. Oh, wait, it's 2021? Crap. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now. Here's Josh Lewin. You were promised an awards banquet for this 2021 season, a banquet you shall have. The rubber chicken is on its way out of the kitchen, the runny mashed potatoes, the really hard bread rolls. This is Josh Lewin, and for the next 15 or 20 minutes, we will highlight some of the major players of the 2021 season. You know, the the one that ended 77 and 85. I, I tried to give the Back to the Future inflection there when the call goes in from backstage at the high school dance. It's your cousin Marvin. Marvin Barry, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. Anybody see that movie besides me? Well, look, obviously not a lot of hardware to legitimately hand out when you finish eight games under 500 and watch the Braves play the Brewers in the NLDS instead of you. But by golly, we're doing this. Because once a week, every week from now through the first games of spring training, we will have content when you stop down for your download. We do have interviews lined up with everyone from Terry Collins to some of the Mets' young prospects who are just now getting going in the Arizona Fall League. That's going to be fun. We'll have uh, breaking news, the usual frivolity. Most of us don't frivol often enough, I've always said. You will get your fill by patronizing this program. And as another fine old Mets sponsor used to say, we thank you for your support. And now, without any further nonsense or delay... In the form of the Dundies from the TV show The Office. Remember that? Michael Scott would give out awards to all the employees at Dunder Mifflin. I believe he did that from, was it an Applebee's, a Chili's, I want to say? Either way, they all got kicked out. But uh, not before he gave, for example, the Whitest Sneakers Award to Pam Beasley. The Don't Go In There After Me Award to Kevin Malone. The Diabetes Award to Stanley Hudson. And my personal favorite, the Extreme Repulsiveness Award to, of course, Toby Flenderson. Poor Toby. So we have no restaurant. We have only canned music to play. But I say let's do this. The 2021 Mets in the Morning Ease. The We'll Never Know Award goes to Jacob deGrom. Yes, his absence obviously cost the Mets a lot. Not only the on-field brilliance, but the sense of security that he always provided by being out there. He was the team's identity, really. And when he was not there, they fell apart without him. Would he have won the Cy Young, the MVP, beaten Bob Gibson's ERA? Sadly, we will never know. Next, best impersonation of DeGrom's arc of pitching brilliantly and hardly ever actually being the winning pitcher. This award goes to Marcus Stroman. 
He did his job. He paid big dividends on the Mets' decision to extend him. He had a 3.02 ERA, 33 starts. He was so stable. Threw close to 180 innings after throwing zero the year before. And his Ted Lasso-esque positivity online was certainly appreciated. All right, we move on. The Frank Sinatra Memorial Riding High in April Shot Down in May Award goes to Taiwan Walker. Yes, a tale of two halves. As Walker went from being an all-star to one of the worst pitchers in baseball statistically. He had a 2.6 ERA in the first half. He was 0-8 with a 7.13 in the second. That included the monstrous total of 20 home runs in 64 innings. Another year on his contract, the Mets have to hope the Walker of the first half is the real guy. And that he just ran out of gas after pitching a total of 67 innings over the previous three seasons. I think that was to be expected. Next up, the Who Is This Guy award goes to Tyler McGill. Who was a godsend initially. This unheralded minor league guy keeps him at some first place. 2.04 ERA his first seven starts. But... Then the 13 home runs over 10 starts towards the end. And he finished up with an ERA north of four and a half. So uh, the question is whether the league simply caught up with him or if the workload wore him down. Stay tuned. Okay. The You Never Get a Second Chance to Make a First Impression Award goes to Carlos Carrasco. The Mets hoping they can just write off that six ERA to the hamstring injury that kept him out until the end of July. Because at times he looked really good. But he was just always behind early at that 13-and-a-half first-inning ERA, including eight home runs. First pitch of his Mets career was a home run. So hoping better days are ahead for a guy with a very solid track record. Okay, now, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia award goes to Pete Alonzo. Yes, even the Up With People singers thought him to be a little too Pollyanna sometimes. We, we considered calling this one the Whistling Past the Graveyard Award as well. But point is, Pete stayed super positive in down times. We shouldn't laugh at him for that. He won another home run derby. He was one of the few hitters that really didn't have a disappointing season. 37 homers, OPS of 863. Now, if he ever matches the 941 OPS from his rookie season, I don't know. But if every year he's good for 37 dongs, Every Mets fan I know is signing on that dotted line. Okay, we get to the Can't We All Get Along Award. And wait, are you guys getting tired of the Merv Griffin Show theme music? I am. Let's just do this. We'll just send this music out here. The Can't We All Get Along Award goes to Javier Baez, who navigated thumbs down gate by winning a game and losing a $200,000 piece of jewelry all at once. But the biggest question, can the Mets trust what they're seeing with the improved plate discipline down the stretch? He looked awful his first few weeks after coming over from the Cubs. Then he got back from that back injury, proved that he really can be selective at the plate. 959 OPS is a Met. That made him the second best trade acquisition in baseball, statistically, behind Kyle Schwarber. The Just Try and Knock the Smile Off My Face Award. We'll give it to Francisco Lindor. He had the nine home runs in September. He finished with a flourish, made his overall numbers eh, almost respectable, although what the Mets expected for $341 million was more. Kind of the too little, too late thing. A uh, little love, a lot of hate. Somewhere in the middle is Lindor, and the arrow is pointing up for 2022. The Woody Boyd from Cheers Award goes to Brandon Nimmo. 
That charming hayseed quality has somehow served him very well in the biggest city in North America. And on the field, Nimmo has left no doubt. He is a quality leadoff hitter. The above average uh, on base percentage, way above average, 400 plus again for the third time in four years. And he improved his defense in center field, too. He is injury prone. There is that. Now, this was the third time in the last four seasons he failed to play in 100 games because of injuries. But meantime, keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me. That is what friends are for. The Bad Time for a Bad Year Award. We give it to Michael Conforto. It was nice to see Michael have uh, the meaningful farewell moment, that last home game. The fans were chanting his name when he made that dive and catch in right field. But it was a disappointing season. 14 home runs, 384 slugging percentage. If he moves on as a free agent, Conforto will have had a nice seven seasons as a Met, but never quite the stardom that some had forecast. One All-Star game. Two big home runs, Game 4 of the 2015 World Series, but now he may be moving on. The Throw Your Helmet Award goes, of course, to Jeff McNeil. Of all the subpar seasons Mets regulars had, McNeil's was probably the most surprising because he had seemingly established himself as such a pure hitter. 311 had been his lowest batting average his first three years in the big leagues, but 249 is what he ended up with here in 2021. 174 with runners in scoring position. And yes, he hit into some hard outs, and all those broken batting helmets would attest to that. But the, the bottom line for the squirrel in 2021 was uh, that was a kick in the old acorns, so to speak. The Didn't You Used to Be Dom Smith Award goes to Dom Smith. In the abbreviated 2020 season, Dominic homered once every 17 at bats, and he slugged a very robust 616. Well, this past year, he homered once every 42 at-bats, and that slugging percentage was 363. Yet another question for Mets decision-makers to try to figure out here. Did the league find holes in Dom's swing to exploit, or is this underwhelming season just a one-off? The I Told You to Sign Real Muto Award goes to James McCann. So, seriously, did the Mets overpay in signing McCann to the four-year, $40 million contract? The numbers from the first season in Queens say yes. There he was hitting 232 with a uh, 643 OPS. It was actually 543 in the second half. The defense was solid, as expected. The clubhouse presence was solid, as expected. Good guy, due for a bounce-back 22. The guy who signs the paycheck certainly hopes so. The Steak for the Price of Chicken Award we're giving to Jonathan VR. That was a $3 million depth signing. Turned out to be a bargain because he basically became the everyday third baseman for a while. 738 OPS, that's okay. I mean, that's what Lindor had, but VR was valuable. Had to take over at third for J.D. Davis when he got hurt. Exciting player. If he could stop getting picked off once a week, that would be swell. But still, for the money shelled out, bravo to Jonathan VR. The Kind of Rhymes with VR Award goes to Kevin Pollard. And uh, somewhat like the guy who shares a spelling but not a pronunciation, Pollard played a big role filling in for the injured guys and getting some big hits. Most of his were in the first half. By the end of the year, the numbers weren't great. He ended up at 231 for the batting average, 692 OPS. But uh, as you New Englanders will know uh, what Tommy points are, we're given Tommy points for the inspiration he provided coming back from the broken nose. That was gangster. The Now You Love Him, Now You Don't Award we give to Edwin Diaz. Should he be the closer next year? It's an excellent talk show topic. When Diaz had command, 
He was dominant. He had 32 saves, but he also had six blown saves, including a couple killers in September. Save percentage, 84%. That was the lowest for any reliever with 30 saves or more. Sometimes he was ineffective in non-save situations, too. Weird home road, uh, home and road splits, kind of the human ink blot test. What do you see when you look at Edwin Diaz? The Crushing Bush Light and Deservingly So Award we give to Aaron Loop, the breakout star of the bullpen, and quite a bargain on a $3 million deal. Uh, Loop wasn't just good. He was historically excellent. He had the .95 ERA, made him just the ninth reliever in Major League history to pitch at least 54 innings, have an ERA under one. Spoiler alert, he will not sign for $3 million to pitch next season. The Silver Slugger Award we give to reliever Tommy Hunter. Because, yeah, he led the team in batting average 1,000. One for one with that infield hit that made him the happiest man in New York just that one time. And uh, you got seven other Mets that ended up with a career batting average with the team, or season batting average, I should say, of 1,000. Rodney McRae did it. He was a guy famous for running through a wooden outfield fence in the minors at one time. Jason Roach, who's famous for having a last name that reminds us of marijuana. Uh, Buddy Carlisle, who at last check was coaching youth baseball down in his native Georgia. Eric Kamak, Ray Searidge, Gary Bennett, and the immortal Dave Liddell, the catcher who was hitting 220 for Tidewater, came up in his only career at bat. He singled off Pat Combs of the Phillies, pinch hitting for Mackie Sasser, the only big league pitch he ever saw. Dave Liddell's story is awesome. And finally, we're giving out the He Looked Like He Fell Down a Flight of Stairs While Carrying Fishing Tackle Award to Sean Reed Foley. The tattoos, the piercings, but also, alas, the five and a quarter ERA, which made him rather expendable despite the cool side stories like being born in Guam, having the killer mustache. We considered Anthony Bonda for this award as well, but we uh, frankly forgot he was on the team. So there you go. The Mets in the morning ease for 2021. And I know 77 and 85 is not the stuff of serious award shows, but I maintain there is a lot to look forward to coming up through the ranks. We're going to start talking some minor leagues this offseason here. Francisco Alvarez, baseball's number two catching prospect. I don't mean he catches number twos. That's gross. I mean, he's the number two catching prospect in the sport behind the Orioles' Adley Rutschman. Alvarez got off to a great start this past year. He had the 15 games at low A, had an OPS of 1,100. Uh, Didn't do a whole lot of slowing down at high A either. He ended up with 24 home runs, tied for most among Mets minor leaguers. 941 OPS placed among the top three. He's still a teenager. JT Ginn, the right-hand pitcher, he had his Tommy John surgery in his draft year of 2020. So here in 21... You unwrap him, you see what he is. He's 22. He's got a 3.03 ERA in 92 innings. Um, Really, really strong. A lot to like with that guy. And who knows what the draft will bring. The Mets have the two first-round picks in the 2022 draft. One is their original. The other is the pick they get for not signing Kumar Rocker. Those picks are going to land at number 11 and number 14. And they also might have picks in the compensatory first round should any player who rejects the qualifying offer ends up going somewhere else, like a Conforto or Syndergaard or something like that. Who will be in charge of the whole baseball operation? I, I know you're wondering. I am too. Reportedly, not Theo Epstein. Reportedly, maybe Billy Bean. A fun candidate was tossed out there. The Dodgers executive and former college teammate of Aaron Loop, Brandon Gomes. Uh, you got all kinds of possibilities here. All of that to be decided. But uh, the June draft is still something that 
you look forward to, whoever's in charge of it. The early projection is there's going to be an upgrade in uh, overall available talent compared to last year's draft. No one's saying it's going to be the 2010 draft, which was Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, or even 2013, which was Chris Bryant, Darren Judge, Cody Bellinger, blah, blah, blah. But it will be a deeper draft than this last one, and the Mets are very well positioned. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Do we need to remind everybody of big picture stuff one more time before we sign off today? I don't feel like we really do. I mean, in a nutshell, uh, Jacob deGrom getting hurt killed everything. Mets need more from Lindor, McCann, McNeil, Conforto, and Smith. Um, whatever it all was, the Mets went from fourth in the majors in slugging percentage the year before to 25th this year. They hemorrhaged home runs, 66 fewer than they hit in the last full season of 2019. But at the time of the trade deadline, they were 54-47. and 47. And when they had one of their usual four starters on the mound, that was DeGrom, Stroman, Walker, and back then David Peterson, at that point they were 41-28. and 28. With anyone else filling in, they were 13-19. and 19. And uh, that includes the six wins and seven Tyler McGill starts at that time. But then with no DeGrom, Peterson getting hurt, Walker wiping out, it all fell apart like a wet Kleenex, and we, we don't have to say much more about it. We table the bad stuff. We look ahead to what's next in this series of Mets in the Morning podcasts. Again, we're slowing down the incoming traffic at LaGuardia. We go to a weekly model until spring training games begin. But we hope you'll join us next week. We're going to hear from Luis Guillorme. He'll be the first player to step in there and tell us all about himself. Have to show a little respect to the Mets in the Morning house band here. They were shunted aside for all the fancy award show music, which I, I just think is reprehensible. So, one last hand for the brothers in the band. On keyboards, Orlando Hernandez. Slapping to bass, Roberto Hernandez. The horn section, Gonzalez Herman. And on drums, our good friend Mike Cameron. This is Josh Lewin. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for putting up with all of this. And uh, we will see you again next week, or at least talk to you again next week. It's Mets in the morning. Goodbye.